0: The Holy Gospel, according to Luke, the twenty-third chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Today is the Festival of Christ the King, or Reign of Christ. It was first established by the Catholic Church in 1925 to witness against the increasing secularism of that age, and in defiance of the rising fascism of Italy's Mussolini. And it is the eve of a new year in the church. Next Sunday, Advent begins, but for the last six months, we have been in the long green season of ordinary time, when we have watched as Jesus and the disciples traveled to Jerusalem, And now they are there, and the predictions he has made about the Son of Man are coming true. And instead of a triumphant parade, noisemakers, or fireworks, today we are watching as Jesus is stretched, beaten, and executed. Luke tells us that during his crucifixion, Jesus was mocked. And above his head, the soldiers hung a sign that said, King of the Jews. So this morning, we celebrate that Jesus is our Lord and King, even as we find ourselves in a Good Friday world where nothing is what we expect it to be. Thankfully, we know what happens next. We know that evil does not win because Jesus defeats death in the resurrection. But we cannot forget this scene. We cannot follow Jesus in life unless we die at the cross with him and are given new life of the Spirit. So with that in mind, let's return to Paul's letter to the Colossians. These were believers in what is today modern-day Turkey, and Paul wrote to them during a period of his imprisonment in Rome. His language praises God, and in verse 13 he declares that we have been rescued and transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. For Paul, becoming a Christian following Christ meant moving to a new home where nothing is as we have known it. For all of us who have moved from one place to another, you probably remember the goodbyes that made that hard. Cherish sweet memories, and perhaps you even hold on to a wistfulness for the places you left. But then, in each new place, a new community invites you to learn what makes it special, who your neighbors are and where you fit in. And you begin to call that new place home. I still remember the first time I ate at Red Bridges with the call committee, and how I learned about King's Road from the Lamberts when we moved into our new house. Finding a place to call home is often about the small things that make you less of an outsider. As Christians, we are invited to make our home with God to learn new rhythms and language and discover who God is through scripture and music, study and prayer. You wouldn't move to a new neighborhood and continue to live exactly as you did someplace else. Just going out your front door would force you to do things differently, let alone Food shopping, or visiting a new school, or the bank, or a pharmacy. In the same way, God invites us to explore and discover the kingdom of God with a holy curiosity and an eager anticipation for where God will appear. And there is room here for any one of you who has never moved Maybe you think you know all the insider language and the shortcuts. There's nothing new under the sun. You have known the traditions and words of the liturgy, the Bible stories, and the hymns for as long as you can remember. But you are invited to participate in this kingdom life as if it were brand new to you, too. Paul's letter continues with the verses known as the Christ hymn, verses that reverberate with praise for the Lord of all that exists and declare the promise that in in him all things hold together. In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile himself. To all things. Whenever the world feels too small or too broken, Paul reminds us that there is a fullness in God that is ours to experience as we make our home with God. As we go into this new church year and the new season of Advent, may we all be curious and explore that fullness that is available to us. Maybe there are parts of Christian tradition you haven't experienced before. Whether that's reading the Bible in a translation that's unfamiliar, experiencing the blue Christmas worship that will happen at the Episcopal Church later in December, or listening to the music at this Tuesday's community Thanksgiving worship. Maybe it's a new prayer practice you haven't tried before like midweek morning prayer during Advent or contemplative silence. Let's open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to the new thing that God is doing. Let us pray. Merciful God, Thank you for coming to us in the fullness of your Son, Jesus, our Lord and King. You rescued us from sin and evil and redeemed us. You moved us into the kingdom of the Son of God, where we are given a new life of the Spirit. By your Spirit, encourage us in faith to make a new home in your love. We pray in Jesus' name.